0: The Spanish Announce Table.
1: What's up, bitch ass? It's episode 333, triple three, Tom, of the Spanish Announce Table. Uh, And we're live, pal.
2: Yeah. Hey, let's just put you on the spot since we are live. Best three man or three woman faction in pro wrestling history. What is it? What is it? Mm. I got it.
1: What is it? I mean, S.H.I.E.L.D. immediately comes to mind because of recency bias. But when you say three-person, right? I mean, three yeah, the Freebirds were, I think, revolutionary in that regard, right? But I also mm. don't know much about them. So I guess I'll default to okay. S.H.I.E.L.D., right?
2: Okay. You're wrong. Wait, it's you got? the New Day. Oh, the New, new day. day. I forgot about
1: New Day. Yeah.
2: yeah. New Day. Yeah, now. Solid. They're solid a little answer. bit, yeah. Now, they're a little bit stale, you know, even before they broke up. But, yeah. Them. Huh? Just a little, huh? Just a little, yeah. Um, uh, Underrated. The triple threat in ECW. Mm. Chris Candino, Shane Douglas, Mm -hmm, Bam Bam mm -hmm, Bigelow. mm -hmm. Love that. Anyhow. Wyatt Family was good. Wyatt Family was great. Yeah. But I'm going New Day. Hashtag Tweet the Table with with your uh, favorite three-man or three-woman. Because, again, you had – uh, what was that, PMS? or No, what was uh, the one with uh, Charlotte, Becky, and Paige? They were like initials. They were
1: the submission sorority at first, and people had to like clue yeah, WWE well, a, into like... No, g- but it was
2: something else. It was another, it was like PBB or something, or anyhow. And then Team Bad, which was Naomi, Sasha, yeah, team and bad. Tamina. Yeah. But anyhow. Well, was Melissa hashtag-
1: ever in one? Because she was one half of the greatest wrestling match of all time. And Alicia Fox, so were either of them in a three person tag? because Alicia I mean, Fox you know, was. She was Team Bella. She was it, with the Bellas. That's right, Team Bella. Well, and those are two Hall of Famers. Yeah. And
2: one half of the greatest wrestling match of all time. Ah, that's a good It's a good pick. So hey, hashtag tweet the table since it is episode three thirty three. You with know, your favorite three think, person faction in pro don't wrestling history. I think they
1: acknowledged Foxy Forehead in their Hall of Fame speech. That's a snub. Bullshit. That's a snub.
2: You know why though? Well, it, was because it was fact
1: They might have, but that's a snub. Yeah, but
2: it was because it was taped, and you know, because of the pandemic, they didn't see the forehead, so they didn't well, think of the forehead. And, and they so, don't wanna, you you know.
1: want to acknowledge Molina. That's a no-no in the WWE, probably. So if they right. bring up one half of the greatest wrestling match of all time, it makes you, you go well, the other person. half, and then yeah. you know,
2: yeah, I agree. Yeah. Hey, yeah. so Tim,
1: how that's are you? Uh, I'm great. Tom, I had a birthday this week, uh, and you were there. I uh, was. see my friend. We are, as we discussed what we did briefly before we get into the pro wrestling topics or a pro wrestling show, but again, we are the stars of said show, and people want to know. You know, our moms might watch this once in a while, so um, we went out, and we shared a dinner, Tom, you and I, and, and our significant others. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all got mm-hmm. together at Jasper's Italian restaurant here. Um, world-renowned uh, Yeah, world-renowned. Very good, very good meal. Uh, Tom picked up the bill on that like a stud because he's you know I mean he's a he's a swell guy. And then we went to the comedy club of Kansas City across the street with friend of the show, guest of the show, uh, cake bringer of the show uh,
0: for our one hundredth episode,
1: Dustin Kaufman, uh, great dude over there. Had a great time watching J C Um Also, Tom, here's a fun thing I did the day after my birthday on Tuesday. Uh-huh. Uh, the wife and I we went and donated our time for. Our daughter's going to be a senior in high school, so they do these like project graduations, and your you know your kids have all these things, and so we went and donated our time at the Johnny's Tavern booth at the opening of the Kansas City Monarchs baseball game.
0: Oh, and kind of really? worked that
1: concession stand there, right, to bank dollars for the you know. And boy, that was uh, it was a busy time, and uh, you know, sling. a lot of people like their fried foods at a baseball game, and yeah. so we did that and watched the. It was 6-1 at one point, and I was like, Monarchs, not, not doing so well. And I was like, it was, I think, seventh inning. I was like, ah, they hit, oh, it was 6-0, and they hit a home run. I was like, there it is. I was like, that's the comeback. They're going to come back and make a run at this thing. And I was joking around, and then we got busy again. I look up, and all of a sudden it's 6-5. to five And I was like, oh, well, hell, you know. Uh, and then ninth inning at 6-5, uh, can't hold on, lose 7-5.
2: But that fun happens. time all around. Did all that. That's so great. We we're venturing
1: back into a post-COVID pandemic-ish
2: kind of world yeah it's it's it feels a little odd uh yeah so friday night i joined you for your uh birthday celebrations at jasper's in the comedy club of kansas city saturday night i worked a fight at the olathe convention center which was even more uncomfortable not because I haven't worked fights backer. during the pandemic because I have worked oh, fights yeah. during this time period. Okay. But this was the first one where they said, like, you don't need a mask. And I tell you what, everyone was and totally oh, cool with that I part.
1: Know. There's so many of that. And, and so the spacing is starting yeah. to get back. And I I like the
2: idea of the six feet spacing. I want to keep that. I do, too. Uh, and so that was a little bit uh, tense for me. For me. I was the only one wearing a mask. There were 700 people. I was mm. legitimately the only, no, that's not true. Two paramedics and me yeah. were wearing a mask. That was so it.
1: we were wearing masks at this thing, right? I think they were still mm. requiring, you know, food, but I mean, we were going to anyway, but most of the patrons were not. And so that one was still,
2: you know, getting used to that, getting used yep. to that. Yep. But speaking of baseball Tuesday night, I went to the Kansas city Royals game uh, as my dogs are very excited big about fan. that. Big yeah, fan, huge baseball fans yeah. here in the household. Yeah. Uh, and what was great about that is that, yes, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. right. is that, yeah, exactly, is that it was a uh, limited capacity baseball game, mm-hmm. and I tell you what, the six feet is great. But limited capacity games are also great. I understand that they will not be making as much money. But for me, I drove right in. I parked. I got out. No one had bumped into me. I got to my seats. When I wanted food, I walked down. I waited maybe three minutes, got my food, came back up, watched the ball game. That was great. They're going back to full capacity May 31st. So I won't be going to another game this year. But man, that first one was great. Mm -hmm. But hey, Tim. That was our news. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the big news mm. for AEW. We'll we'll get into our AEW dynamite recap here in just a moment. But before that, the uh, AEW had some breaking news. Uh as it is as it was announced by Tony Khan himself on, I think it was Busted Open Radio. They're moving to TBS. They are. So mm. we don't fact check here, and we're not gonna read you the press release, but the, the cliff notes, the highlights is they're going to be moving to TBS in 2022. They're still going to do four shows a year on TNT, and they're adding a third hour of television, not on YouTube, but here's the kicker. It's not a third hour of dynamite. It's a brand new show called AW rampage. So Tim, with those highlights now bestowed upon you, what do you think? Are you excited about all this news? Interesting move,
1: right? Yeah, I um, I'm s- the Friday night one hour show is an interesting move, and and right after SmackDown ends, as is currently perfect. slated. Yeah, that's um, perfect. Yeah, boy, they're slowly starting to creep into this. You know, they're kind of leaving the NXT challenge behind, and it seems like they're dipping their toes into this a little more. I mean, TBS is in a lot more homes, I believe, in th- than TNT. So, oh, okay. I, I mean, I believe right, TBS is like. And most people like me, basic cable package. I think like yeah. I think it's to,
2: like, to me, yeah. TBS and TNT, at least for my entire viewing, you know, television viewing experience, has always been together. It's always been if you have TBS, you also have TNT. If you have TNT, you also have TBS. So as far as like for me and a viewing experience, it's not going to be much different. I'm still going to tune into a channel on you know Wednesday night or Friday night and watch their program. So I'm excited about that. Uh, And apparently the the move was due to that Turner picked up NHL. And with NHL and the NBA going to be on TNT, uh, that didn't leave too much room for AEW. So TBS does not necessarily have live programming like TNT. So they're going to be bumped over to there. I think it's a good move for everyone. And that that, uh, third hour. AEW rampage friday night right after smackdown i think is a good move because i also think they understand with their youtube content that you don't need everyone to tune in at this time you know what i mean so a nine o'clock show especially just for one hour i think is perfect and i was so excited that it wasn't a third hour of dynamite because that would have felt like diet raw and so this was a great move in my opinion uh so kudos to aew uh, so, yeah, let's get into AEW Dynamite. Let's do it. This was a fun show. I'm, I'm ready to talk about it. All right. So we get kicked off with Christian Cage taking on Matt Seidel. Taz was on commentary scouting both Christian Cage and Matt Seidel as uh, Team Taz members, and also Christian and Matt Seidel will be in the Casino Battle Royal. Tim, what would you think of this first matchup?
1: Uh, good way to start off the show, I think. Right, like uh, we've talked about this. Christian Cage is all is never giving you a bad performance,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, Matt sidell I don't think we we ever think the same thing, right? I don't think we've ever thought like he's giving you necessarily a bad one. Albeit he did you know slip the the one time, but um, so you know it's a good palate, you know, starter, right? A little appetizer, if you will. I thought.
2: What I like about the Christian Cage match experience in twenty twenty one is that because of his age. But because of who he is, he does this great, like, old man, you know, I'm not as good as I was, but I'll be as good as I've ever been for one night kind of performance each time. So, like, Powerhouse Hobbs, it looked like he had to dig deep and really, you know, go to a moveset that he hasn't uh, done in a while to beat Powerhouse Hobbs. And this one, same kind of thing. He does an homage to Edge by bouncing in the corner to do a spear and does that. And so it was interesting to see that it's not just cakewalks for Christian cage as he's going into double or nothing. It's man, son of a bitch. These guys are really good and I have to really be on my a game, but I'm a step slower and I'm a, you know, step older. And so I, I like how Christian Cage is formatting. If he, if he is the one that's controlling this, which I think he is controlling the format of the match where he has to really pull one out in the bottom of the ninth using a baseball analogy to get the victory. And Matt Snidel looked great again. I think he can do really well with the I can do flips and shit, put me in there with the Lucha Bros, or I can give you a, a traditional wrestling match, put me in there with Christian Cage, and you're gonna get a very uh enjoyable uh match out of him. So Christian Cage picks up the victory. Post match Team Taz comes in. They uh try to beat up everyone involved um yeah you know uh well, ricky, starks. ricky starks
1: so there i mean you yeah. Know, so ricky starks neck, comes out that was it offline i was trying to talk about what happened that we would have talked about last week oh happened, right? yes ricky yes starks broke his neck slightly maybe it sounds like he's not you know i mean in dire straits not like he's able to walk around obviously without a neck brace and whatnot yeah. but he's out of action for a while
2: yeah he's out of action but he does have something wrong with his neck uh but as we saw on dynamite he was able to walk out cut a promo and then Team Taz comes out. Highlight of this segment, though, as Team Taz and Christian Cage and Matt Seidel are all brawling uh, the Dark Order. Or no, excuse me, the Dark. Did the Dark Order come out? I don't remember. Um, of, wait, yeah. no, no, I don't think they did. They didn't. They came out later with uh, Sting and Darby Allin. That's what it was. But the, the moment of the night was Hangman Page legitimately did a hold my beer yeah this was funny. i'm gonna go kick their ass yeah Thought unwilling that was such like he a just great...
1: shoved it into his chest and he like just walks out with his frilly shirt and just starts whooping some ass
2: god that is such a cool little detail in an otherwise just you know bra pull apart knockdown, drag out fight that was just so much fun i really enjoyed that that was fun uh so yeah we had the uh, team taz uh, celebrating the ring because they got one over on uh, Page and Cage and Sidell. And, and so there we go. We we got some steam going into Doubler Nothing's Casino Battle Royal. After this, we go backstage, which that's going to be a theme. I felt like this episode had uh, promo heavy, I would say. Promo heavy for Definitely, a Dynamite but episode. Again,
1: some can be. You know, I don't need. Yeah, and that's fine, right? Bell to Switch bell, it up a little
2: bit. All the way, you know, flips and shit. Definitely. So uh, going backstage, we hear from the Varsity Blondes, Pillman Jr.'s given a very um, heartfelt, you know, the Young Bucks used to be something to me. Now they've obviously, you know, turned a different uh, style, whatever it was. The Young Bucks were cool, but now they're not. And uh, Griffin says the same. They're
1: not nice to me anymore.
2: Right. And so good. This this was a good promo. It was very good one thing that i will say because i also heard this from eddie kingston and i also heard this from john moxley it, it, look if the young bucks are heels then stop telling me at one time they were cool fucking just be mad at them because they're heels you don't always have yeah. to tell me how great they well, were that's to get backstage
1: then i know they're just troubled souls and i'm not going to hate them as much if they're dirty yeah. rotten fucks who were like you know, used you. Like, you, you tell that story, and then you say, and then we realize they ran off with our cut of the, of the, what they promised us and didn't fucking pay us for our time to be there slinging their fucking shirts, right? Like, you don't, yeah.
2: That's, yeah, that's where you would come in. But they, I just feel like there's this theme with the Young Bucks heel run where they were so good to me three years ago, ten years ago, five years ago. I hate them. I don't want to hear how yeah, This the, isn't the Hogan heel people. turn,
1: guys. Like, we have. yeah.
2: You get the fuck out of here! But uh, nonetheless, they said they will not stop until they become tag team champions. Later on the night, they are in the main event: Varsity Blondes versus the Young Bucks for the tag team championships. But after the commercial break, we get Moxley and Kingston uh, saying they're going to make a dent in the tag team division. They cut a promo before they take on the acclaimed My line of the night. I thought was John Moxley's like, "Who are these guys?" And uh, Kingston goes, "Well, it's a rapper." And then the rapper's friend, and <laughs> that was because, as you guys know, uh, who have listened, uh, we forget his name sometimes yeah, too. That guy, it's that yeah, it's the it's the rapper's friend. Um, yep. but we get John Bad Moxley, guy. he's the hype guy, of course. So we get John Moxley, and Eddie Kingston versus the Acclaim. Uh, before the match starts, though, the Acclaim Max caster says that Eddie Kingston looks like uh, uh, a. Box of, of Newports. Yeah, pack of Newports. Uh, they said, mentions, Why are you
1: dressed like it's two thousand four? You look like a box of Newports. <laughs>
2: that was a great yeah. line. Oh, great line. God. And then John Moxley, they sh- they shoot to John Moxley and he's like, You kind of do. And he's
1: like, Yeah, I mean you <laughs>
2: And then because Eddie Kingston is such a hothead, when they turn their attention to John Moxley, John Moxley, if you saw, actually had to put his hands over Eddie Kingston's ears so he wouldn't hear the the, the disses. But, man, Max Caster mentions the Oral Sessions, uh, which is Renee Pochette's, uh John Moxley's wife's uh, podcast, and then they're like, what? What? Oral Sessions? She wants us on the podcast. Thought that was great. Really fun way to lead into this match. The Acclaim versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Tim, what were your thoughts on this match?
1: Well, sure. And the, I mean, the match wasn't destined to be like a, a five-star classic in Dave Meltzer's eye, of course, you know, uh, but I think it did its job right. Again, they... It wasn't a squash match, but it did enough to show like Moxley and Kingston just beat the shit out of the third ranked team and with with most ease, you know what I mean? Like not the most ease, but with pretty much not a whole lot of challenge. So,
2: um, interesting. I thought this was a pretty cool match, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, right when. Uh, Bowen is Bowens is going to say, Hey W, you know, boom. John Moxley hits him with a straight right to the jaw. And we just get the, like, we're not fucking around anymore. And so we get into the match. And then Moxley, it was really cool to see, like, there was a couple times where he messed up, where he was on the wrong side of the ring. And then the Acclaim, who are the real, more traditional tag team, are able to, you know, cut him off, uh, not let him get to Eddie Kingston and work him over a little bit. There was also some really cool moves with, like, that suplex with Bowens then doing a crossbody. So I really like that, even though Moxley and Kingston did come in here to, you know, Kick and punch everything in sight. The acclaim did look like a third rank contender in the AEW tag team division. So, oh sure, uh, really yeah. excited to see how they did.
1: Yeah, and and this, then what I said was not to necessarily say like oh, they beat them up and made them look, made it look. Well, easy but I think that's what we kind of it, thought.
2: That's what I'm saying. I think right. we kind of thought, okay, well, we're gonna get John Moxley and Eddie Kingston hitting every back fist and paradigm shift that they can think of, and then that gets the victory. And then young bucks, you better watch out. And we got that a little bit where John Moxley and Eddie Kingston do pick up the victory here, but the acclaim were able to show that they're the more traditional uh, well-seasoned tag team, although they were on the losing end. So after John Moxley and Eddie Kingston get the victory, we'd go backstage again and we see Dean Malenko. Yeah, uh. It's Dean Malenko and Chris Jericho just hanging out backstage. Really cool to see Dean Malenko. This is a great thing that AEW can do because they can always just say, hey, here's Arn Anderson. Hey, here's Dean Malenko. Hey, here's Jerry Lynn. And just throw any of them just backstage in a segment. Uh, so it was really cool to see uh, Dean Malenko in there. The purpose of this was just to say, hey, Chris Jericho, you're going to accept the victory or you're going to accept the match against the pinnacle. And he's like, you'll hear from me later. So thought that was interesting. Uh, After that, we get a promo in the ring. Tony Schiavone Mm. interviews Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, who had the loudest shirts I've ever seen in a pro wrestling ring. Tim, what did you think first off of their attire and then this promo? Uh,
1: They looked like the guys that you last remember speaking to before you don't remember anything else about the rest of the night. Mm -hmm. These guys looked... Yeah, that was an interesting look, but it fits for a heels, you know, and that's an easy way for some guys to go out as heels to, like, find a shitty shirt and just throw it on, right? And go out there and flex a little bit. Um, good, but I still, you know, I like that they gave a little bit of a reasoning behind why they're doing what they're doing, albeit somewhat flimsy. It still feels like, it feels like Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are doing their best with not much.
2: I agree. So let's get into this. Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, they do say Sting from Scorpio Sky says, Sting, step aside. You were my favorite when you were a kid, uh, but now, you you know, it's my time. Okay. And then Ethan Page just says, I'm going to be the nail in your coffin, Darby Allen. And I just don't, I don't understand this, Tim. And this is what I don't understand. I can get the reasoning, even though it feels played out of, Hey, old man, step aside. It's my time now. Tried and true pro wrestling uh, 101 right there for you. And I'm okay with it. But now this is the second storyline in a row for Darby Allen where it's just a, a heel or a bully just going, I don't like you. And if you keep doing this with Darby Allen, I'm going to start to think maybe Darby Allen is the fucking person who I shouldn't like. And the bullies are actually right. Because there's a lot of people talking to me about how Darby Allen is a piece of shit. Because I got Team Taz, so I got Ricky Starks, Brian Cage, Powerhouse Hobbs, Hook, and Taz. Now I got Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page all telling me that Darby Allen is a piece of shit. And I don't know him. So is he? Because... The narrative is starting to paint him in a different light. And so all I'm saying is these are fine to get us to double or nothing. But I'd like to see a little bit more creativity with why we don't like Darby Allen. Why do why does this heel not like Darby Allen? We got to get more than just he wears face paint.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, It's it's uninspiring to say the least. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So the lights go out Sting makes his entrance. Coming out waddling, which isn't a great look when Scorpio Sky says you need to step aside. And him and Darby Allin come out and they're beating up uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And then the Dark Order comes out and, and hey, there we go. And one thing that I liked about this at the very end is make Sting the godfather of all the weirdos. I, I think, he, you know, AEW is the place where stables are made. Give Sting... The Dark Order, Darby Allen, uh, Joey Janela—all these outcast you know, people who don't fit any mold. Sting will guide them to their victory. You know what
1: could be a fun one is we get down the road a little bit. Jurassic Express breaks up, and Sting is mentoring a little unsure of himself, Luchasaurus.
2: Yeah, exactly, and or just keep them, keep Luchasaurus to, or keep uh, Jurassic Express together. Put them in the Weirdsmobile. Sting and Luchasaurus. Right. Yeah, He's just is a crow, so the crow. Crows were right, they just, they? If,
1: I don't know. We don't
2: fact Yeah, just here. load up this Weirdsmobile, Put them all in there and have Sting driving that
1: Weirdsmobile.
2: bus all around. Yeah. Now let's get into another uh, promo here, and this one's good. I like this one a lot. Pinnacle are at a restaurant. Oh,
1: God. Yeah.
2: And MJF is cutting down Jericho saying how lame his jokes are. And we're getting the same high level, very entertaining promo from MJF. Then it goes over to FTR one, FTR one. I wasn't sure if it was FTR one or FTR two. So thank you, Tim, for that uh, FTR ones. Uh, yeah. Q stick or yeah. Q ball over here. Yep. was cutting them down and saying like, yeah, you son of a bitch. What he was doing great too. He was Great also promo. saying like, Great he's impressed promo. me a lot. over I since like the forming of the pinnacle too. Yeah, yeah, I like him a lot. I don't know his name because I always forget it. But FTR one, uh, FTR one, yeah, FTR one did amazing. But while FTR one is cutting this promo, the wine needs to be refilled.
1: Well, that's the theme, right? They're all asking for wine, right? Like they're down it, and the guy can't get it fast enough.
2: And so, yeah, the waiter comes out. I think he pours MJFs first. Then he goes over to FTR1 and pours his. And all the while, Sean Spears is like, give me my fucking drink. And he loses his shit and beats the hell out of this waiter and leaves him for dead, essentially. And Tully Blanchard just goes, hey, this will cover it and throws money
1: at him, (laughs) which (laughs) I think if you're that person who, if, if you got roughed up a little bit, right? Like, what he did he do? He slammed his head on the table yeah. a couple times, gave him a house your father, I think, and then, like, you mm-hmm. know, like you said, didn't leave him for dead necessarily, but, like, threw him off, like, you could go and be like, fuck this, I'm suing whoever, you know what I mean, like, run this, but the, then they go, hey, 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 fucking, yeah. Yeah, go here, buy some here. weed and fucking get out of here, yeah. you know, and you're yeah. like, all right, I'll go fucking do that, no, that's fine, yeah. <laughs> right? You're like, oh, that's all I was going to do anyway, so. Yeah, um, I'm going to buy, then,
2: a, you know? yeah, gonna buy a, a, a a package of hey. frozen peas and put cool. my, uh, Bruises. Go pay to, your late phone year. bill and
1: buy a fucking ounce, and, and we'll be yeah. cool. All right. Everyone be cool. We'll be cool. Everybody'll be fine. Yeah, I like this promo a lot. Um, for that reason, right? It, it felt very. We'll we'll cover this too on a later backstage promo. Yes, there was a lot of backstage promos, but they all have some differences. They're not the same wash, rinse, repeat. It's not right. persons agree. and interview like WWE does. Like they all had a different bit of a setting. This was they were in a restaurant. It felt like a mob declaration that we're we're coming for your heads this time we've had enough mm-hmm, and you know what i mean like look you've got us on edge and we're like we've got to wash this or else our anxiety is going to kill us so um this was done really well
2: so do you think this is going to be a new wrinkle in the sean spears character where he's the loose cannon in the pinnacle i hope
1: so i hope so because he could use something right
2: yeah i think i think i think it's a perfect uh if anyone's going to be the wild man loose cannon i think sean spears is the perfect person to do that because wardlow is going to be your ominous big muscle i can fuck you up at any second i don't say much but when i do say something you're going to listen obviously mgf is going to be the leader the the talking head of the group and then you have tag team and then you got your you know senior leadership from tully so sean spears like you said he needs something and i like this i like that Wardlow had to like kind of calm down Sean Spears, and essentially it looked like Wardlow's like, Man, he did this again, god damn it, you know. And the way Tully threw that money seems like he's done that before for Sean Spears, so I like this. Let's get more psycho Sean, uh, let's not make it a caricature. I still want him to be in suits and still, you know, well, yeah,
1: but he just like has a little bit of a short temper. Anybody right. bothers him. So but i don't want thing. him to be just yeah like i don't fucking, want
2: him to be like brian pillman in the heart foundation no. where it was like all one kind oh, of theme and then brian Pillman was this weird slightly guy
1: occasionally when somebody tips him off like he just kind of gives him a fucking hockey check into the mm-hmm. stairwell and then they're like god damn it where the fuck did the limo driver go and he'd be like call a new one we don't need yeah. that guy you know
2: <laughs> yes right? and then yeah. Tully's like god damn it
1: doling out mm-hmm. hundies on this guy
2: yeah i love it this is uh this is a great uh new uh chapter in the sean spears character development so now let's move on we got back into the ring with a woman women's world title eliminator it was called champion hikaru shida taking on rebel and this was the biggest miss of the night in my opinion tim what did you think before i gas bag about my opinion
1: um Rebel impressed me. I didn't realize Rebel, you know what I mean? Like, I, I was really impressed with Rebel's work. And, and I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think so,
2: too. so this is why I didn't like it uh, that much is one, Rebel is very good. You know, she had her matches and her stint in TNA. So, we, if you paid attention, you knew that she could wrestle, right? But if we're going down this Hikaru Shida, and Britt Baker are in a collision course. I felt like Rebel was being too much of a yuck 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 yuck, and it was like the comedy didn't fit for what we're trying to tell. And then again, I said this last week, and I was wanting it to be this for this week, but Sheeta just looked like chopped liver. It was again Britt Baker looks like queen shit, and that's fine. But man, I I don't like to use the word Barry, but it feels like you're burying and to just say Britt Baker's so fucking cool. Unless we're going to have something where Britt Baker doesn't win this, which I, I can't fathom. So but. they did they did announce on Dynamite that on Friday night they got a special AEW Dynamite episode, and they're going to celebrate the one-year championship reign of Hikaru Sheeta. Now... This is your last chance. You got to do something to where Britt Baker seems afraid, seems petrified, second-guessing herself into the title match because this and everything before it was just Britt Baker is the bully that is stuffing Cheetah in lockers and walking away laughing, and Cheetah's not doing anything really to combat that. So she does pick up the victory here, but then post-match, Britt Baker gives her a curb stomp on to the world championship. Nice touch. I like yeah, that. Nice right? Touch. right. This is the last time you're going to see Tight this stomp. motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Loved it. Uh so again, Sheeta, you got to you got to look sh- I hate to say these pro wrestling buzzwords, and strong maybe isn't the the right word here, but you got to look like you're going to kick the girl's ass cuz right now you look like a punk, you know? So you got one last one last chance next Friday as you celebrate your uh one year title reign but Shida I know you're listening let's do something okay let's let's hit a home run on this last go home show but let's get back to last night's episode we go backstage and Kenny Omega confronts Orange Cassidy Orange Cassidy nursing um an injury I believe this was a uh confrontation from the previous week after Orange Cassidy suffered his uh, his concussion because I didn't remember him being in action on dynamite. So I don't know why he was having an ice pack and a doctor look at him. So I believe this was from the previous week,
1: previous week, but they didn't do a good job of saying that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I was a tad confused, but I think I, you know, I put two and two together. So the gist of this is Kenny Omega says, Hey, Orange Cassidy, you can totally get a world championship title match. Totally just wouldn't it be cool if it was one-on-one so maybe sign this contract and fuck off with this triple well, threat yeah.
1: so this was great i mean so he comes in and kenny omega's like look we care about you i mean this mm-hmm. is just this is an executive vice president talking like and don Callis does the whole he's like look sometimes you guys got you gotta step in and protect talent from themselves you know what i mean it's like because you're a warrior you want to go but sometimes somebody's got to tell you not to you know what i mean um i love all of that God, and this is again it's another setting right it's different setting they're back in the, the again we're mm-hmm. watching like a live world and universe exist and it's not just match our 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 interview tent and then we move on mm-hmm. right like we're following mm-hmm. these people around and that's where you build storylines so like we discuss character work but where the writing comes in is these kind of things. You need storylines that we can follow. Like this is, you know what I mean. This is tying loose ends together. This is these kind of things. And I like how they did that here. With uh, they're like, look, you know, you'll get a championship down the road when you're better, you know. But it's it's not even non-committal. Like it's just like at some point. And I love mm-hmm. yeah how then Orange Cassidy just takes it. And just slowly rips it, right? And they're like, oh, what are you doing? Nah, no, don't do that. And you didn't then even he... read it. Yeah, yeah, you didn't even read it. Well, and then when he goes to, like, starts to rip it again, he's like, all right, okay, like, yeah, we get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was the best thing, too, that, like, Callus is a shitbag sleazy heel, but he's also, like, like, he's not not with it, right? Like, he's not yeah. out of touch. Like, he realizes he's he's pulling a fast one. And so yeah. he. like, fight- oh, God, I loved it, man. I loved all that. And I, they played exactly that. Like, if you've ever been around a boss where – they play that like, we're a family. And you're like, motherfucker, you are lying right now, and you know you're full of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you even think? Like, you're insulting my intelligence to say this shit. He plays that so well. Um, and I liked it. I like where that went. I liked it. I mean, again, it was a little bit of a filler, because nothing, there's no necessarily extension of anything. Like, there's no new twist here, I think, that we're building off. But I think it just did good building of, you know, like, god damn, I really don't like those guys. I hope Orange Cassidy gets one over on him.
2: And I like that it showed that Kenny Omega is trying to use different angles to get out of a triple threat match where he is approaching Orange Cassidy and doing, like you said, the, Hey, you need to be at a hundred percent for this match. So why don't we just have you and me do this match at a different time. And to your point, one thing that, uh, they are doing really good. AEW, that is, is using all of their space. So you do go backstage to uh, the doctor's area or you're in the ring cutting a promo or you're doing a backstage uh, just promo tent or you're in a restaurant with the Pinnacle. So I agree with you. That was really uh, done well where we're using all the space of getting these stories advanced. Speaking of promos, after the commercial break, Chris Jericho makes his entrance with the rest of the inner circle and the crowd is singing Judas as they do. Uh, getting a little, I don't know. I'm excited to sing it again. Look, I'm not going to lie. I'm excited to see it, sing it again. But maybe while we're in Jacksonville, we can just stop. And then when we travel, get it back going because it kind of is getting a little tired. Anyhow, the inner circle, they all say like, you know what I want? I want to fight and we get every version of, I want to fight. Even Jake Hager tried, huh? Jake Hager tried to talk. That was something. And then we get to Chris Jericho and he's saying, was it worth it going through all this stuff? Of course it is. And you're going to have to kill us to beat us at a stadium stampede. The inner circle is coming to take you to hell or whatever and dance on your graves. So not a mu- not a lot happening here. What I will say, though, you told me that the blood and guts match was going to take years off these guys' lives, and it was so brutal, and it was so, you know, career-altering, yet no one's missed any fucking time. Everyone showed up the next week. Everyone showed up the week after. I feel like we're kind of rushing this inner circle, pinnacle storyline to get to Double or Nothing. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I mean, it does. I know they don't do pay-per-views every month, right? So they kind of have to, when the pay-per-view shows up, get as much shit in there as possible. But I just feel like specifically with Chris Jericho, you got to, and I feel like a broken record, so I apologize. But you got to make me miss you a little bit. Because you're on every fucking week. And you tell me every cool thing you've done. And everything has been cool. I'm not saying anything has been amiss. But, like, this promo, in my opinion, was not needed. We did not need to have the inner circle just say, we want to fight. We knew that.
1: Well, and especially you know? later since, like, what they did, the card thing, later to accept the match, like, the the cue cards with, with Sam. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that's fine. But, like... Where the pinnacle cut a promo and we got, oh crap, we think maybe Sean Spears is the crazy one in this group. The inner circle just did the, we all want to fight and we all knew that. So I thought it was fine. They didn't do bad. It wasn't not entertaining, but we could have maybe skipped this. Another thing, in my opinion, maybe we can skip, is backstage Tony Schiavone in a different promo setting, like your point, Tim. Tony Schiavone is backstage with Jade Cargill, and Mark Sterling comes up, and he's like, Hey, I don't want you to be on, you know, Team Sterling. I want to be on Team Jade. And then she's just like, Hey, you don't interrupt me. Exit stage left. (sighs) talked about this last week i still don't get it i, I what look, are we doing
1: this is where they're going he's gonna be her manager and that's fine he seems good from you know the mm-hmm. few bits we've oh, got like, he seems he, awesome he seems he seems like he's gonna work yeah and i like what he said to her like hey look they're trying to like i'm not you're not gonna work for me i'm gonna work for you which is classic manager mm-hmm. type move right mm-hmm. like um and uh, you know what I, I like that she's getting her feet under her too though on the promo work like she's able to like handle her own there look she was like the fuck out of here and then she was like who the fuck is this guy (laughs) right like or whatever she said so i mean it's not bad i just think that's where we're going i just think like then hit it like we've seen enough let's get there
2: so let me propose this little change that i thought Mm -hmm. of as soon as the segment was over is each week we're either getting jade cargill cutting you know, uh, uh, an edited version of a promo saying like, I don't need anyone. I'm that bad bitch. Or we're getting Tony Schiavone asking her questions. And then essentially she just says, I'm that bitch, right? Flip the script, have Tony Schiavone on the request of Mark Sterling interview him. And he is making the plea to Jade Cargill. Look, you're the number one girl in AEW. W you're the fastest rising star. I think the world of you, you know, I can do so many great things for you and then have Jade come, go, come in and be like, who is this? Who, who are, get out of here. But it was just the same kind of like what we do with sting where sting walks out and snow and then does something slow. Uh, we need Jade Cargill to be presented a little bit differently in my opinion, but that is my opinion. Yeah. So Let's get into what I thought was the match of the night. A non AW match. The NWA World's Women's Heavyweight, or I guess not heavyweight, the NWA World's Women's Championship, Serena Deeb versus Red Velvet. Now, before we get into this match, Tim, I'm not that smart. Some would say I have the mind of a drunk baby. Some have said that. So, with that being said, NWA is back in business. Yeah, they got I show's a going. a little bit
1: of Power this week. I did. I watched a little bit of it. Yep.
2: Fantastic. Love it. What the fuck are we doing on I Dynamite? I don't know. But I'm glad we are because it was a great match. Serena Deeb it was fantastic. on a great match every time I watch oh, her. It w- Yeah, Serena Deeb did amazing. And that finish where she's driving her fucking knee and making Red Velvet yes. feel like she went through a car wreck, thought it was perfect. Thought it was great. But... What? (laughs) Like, I don't. What and why is only the women's championship that I'm seeing from NWA? If you have a partnership, cool. I'm going to bet you have a heavyweight champion. Why isn't Kenny Omega going after that guy? I'm going to bet you have tag team champions. We're see the fucking good brothers. Why aren't the NWA tag team coming into AEW? you know, fucking shit up. So I just, huh? that's how i felt going into this uh into this match again match of the night serena deeb any style she she feels like what christian cage is to the men's side of AEW's roster where whatever kind of match you need she's going to give you obviously she's a little bit more athletic than christian but man she is just smooth as butter
1: what i what came to mind for me was uh more of hardcore holly before he got super jacked right but like when mm-hmm. he was always the guy that would go in there and just like you'd watch you be like god damn <laughs> this guy is is putting in work hammering these folks that's what the uh, serena deep feels like to me. Time i watch it, i'm like whoo this is this is stiff without mm-hmm. feeling like it's you know what i mean like it's bloody or anything like that i mean it's good i like it yeah
2: yeah and and to further my point here just a little bit is uh what I mean is like if you want to speed it up and you know hit the ropes, Serena Deep can do that with you all night. Or if you want to slow it down and do, you know, a British strong style type of match where we're getting submission-based moves, she can do that. So I just think she's the most versatile uh woman, I guess, on the AW roster. Again, I don't know where she is, because she's in the AW rankings, but she's the NWA world champion. Why is there anyone else in the NWA uh, contender for the TNT championship or the heavyweight championship? It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it, but I try not to think too hard. So after Serena Deeb, Serena Deeb picks up the victory, Pac is backstage with Marvez, and he says, I'm tired of being cheated out of my opportunity. What fools against the bastard. What is fool what bets I wrote.
1: against the bastard? Yeah.
2: What fool now, bets that yeah. I wrote? I wrote it wrong. What fool yeah. bets against the bastard? That should be a T-shirt. Yeah, he Maybe did say what, what be
1: fool bets f- against the bastard now, huh? Yeah, Marvez. Hey, you fucking dork. Yeah. You
2: fucking dork. That was a perfect person to interview Pac too. A mm-hmm. fucking dork like Marvez because yeah. it makes Pac seem even more
1: yeah. menacing. Although, did you catch to backtrack a little bit on the um, on the uh, Jade Cargo one? Uh Mark Sterling still gotta dig in on
2: Shavani, right? It's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you're you're getting yeah. interviewed by Tony Shavani. Why like aren't you doing a sit down with JR? Yes. God, that was funny. Yeah. Motherfucker. Goddamn. Yeah, it was great. Uh, but Pac, you know, what what fool bets against the bastard? I wrote that wrong. So <laughs> like I said, mind of a drunk baby. Then after the commercial break, we get into Anthony Agogo versus Austin Gunn. Credits Austin and he comes out, guns ablazing, uh, does a shotgun drop kick to Anthony Agogo into the corner. But this was the Anthony Ogogo show. Ogogo looked great. Got a little blood the hard way, maybe. And then the coolest way, especially I hope it happens for him, because, you know, if you watch his boxing career, he has knockouts. But we end this on just a punch to the ribs, Mm -hmm. and we're done. We're done. We ain't doing the match anymore. And I love that. Let's have that be his gimmick. I hope he goes over on Cody this way with a body blow. He ain't, yeah, he ain't gonna win. But a body blow to Cody, and we get that victory.
1: Like I get that, like Cody Rhodes will probably have a little bit more offense than did Austin Gunn. But I wouldn't hate if Cody Rhodes didn't get much. But didn't we already do that with Cody Rhodes? Who did he lose to that way? MJF. Yeah, I think so. Nah, somebody. Some. Yeah, somebody like somebody beat him quick, right?
2: Oh, well, the squash match, it's the only squash match in AEW history, is when he lost the TNT championship uh, to Brody Lee. Brody Lee beat the fuck out of him. That
1: was the one. Now, that was a little bit
2: different. So, I don't Uh, think we'll go maybe
1: necessarily that bad. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Cody Rhodes gets a little offense in, a go-go gets the stomach, Right. Cody Rhodes is basically has no offense for five minutes while he's gathering himself from the brutal blow mm-hmm. then might get a little bit in. Right. But like overall in the match, we're like, damn, a really put it to him.
2: I hope a go body blow turns into the AEW version of Randy Orton's RKO where when it gets hit, it's done. We're, we're, we're done. Like turn off the lights, take kids home. We're fucking done here. Anthony Gogo got his body blow in. Like, that's what I want to happen. I don't think, again, we'll get into our picks next week. Um, I don't know if we're going to get that from Anthony Gogo, but huge fan. After the match, he grabs the American flag. Cody snatches it away. Uh, then the factory leaves. that look, I, you know, I understand we're in America and we always get the America first thing. So maybe we're a little bit more beat over the head than other places. Uh or maybe international fans who are watching this, but I'm just exhausted with the my border is better than your border. I don't fucking care.
1: My dirt's better than your dirt.
2: Yeah, my dirt over here is better than your dirt over there. I don't care. Stupid. I had British no choice folks. in this. Like why do you yeah. hate them? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I had legitimately why would I be proud of something I had no choice in? I do not give a fuck. <laughs> Like, obviously, I'm happy that we have certain freedoms that other places don't. I'm not trying to say I'm not grateful, but I don't take pride. We I'm also
1: not... rank 17th on the World Freedom rank Index. so Well,
2: there's... you understand what I'm saying. You know, well, there's that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, I just I don't understand. And again, we've done past episodes, so we won't go too much into this. But all else, all I will say is I've never understood any human being taking pride in things they had no control over, being proud of where your mom gave birth to you, giving proud of the pigmentation on your skin, uh, all of that stuff. I just don't, I don't understand it. But, but let's get into the most intriguing segment, I thought, Uh, of the night. SCU is backstage with that dork, Marvez, and Daniels ignores Marvez's question. Marvez is like, "No No it." Christopher Daniels, what are we going to do? And if you watched Being the Elite, which I wouldn't recommend doing every week, but this week you definitely should have, at least the first segment. Christopher Daniels cuts a promo that damn near made me cry. Yeah, Laying this old body down, talks about Dusty Rhodes at a certain time in his career, and he said those words, and now he's older than when Dusty was at that time, and should he be doing that? And then he just... Goes to walk out the door, falls, just collapses into sadness and cries right next to the door. Finally gathers himself and then walks out. Well, oh!
1: well, and not even crying like he went into like child trauma mode and was like, mm-hmm. like, can I just stay like just a little yeah. longer? Like he's fighting his own internal. God. You know what I mean? Battle right for your eyes, and and you know, I went off on a diatribe I think with this, with the, in the in the in our private messages here, but I was like, this is what we mean when we say moves don't matter. Like, I've never felt existential dread about my own mortality and my own life ending from a fucking super kick. Like, no flip ever did that, but yet Christopher right. Daniels, not
2: even on your wrestling program,
1: made me instantly more interested in anything that follows in this storyline.
2: Yeah, I. I wish, and maybe they'll do it on this special episode of Dynamite or maybe on Dark or Elevation. But that promo needs to be seen by more people than just being the elite. It was spectacular. I Honestly, if it was on a uh, on television, you know, like uh, Dynamite, I would say it's the promo of the year. You can't really, you know. The damn thing will deserve an Emmy. It was so good. It was so good. good. <laughs> You so can let's tell pass- it
1: might not have been a whole lot of acting.
2: It really- That's what I'm saying. Perfect. It was chef's kiss. Oh, the chef's kiss, is kiss of the week. That Christopher Daniels promo. Definitely make time to watch it. Uh, but let's get back to Dynamite. So Marvez says, hey, Christopher Daniels, what are you going to do? He says, get the fuck out of here, dork. And then he whispers like it's uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson in that one movie with Bill Murray. I forget what it's called, but remember when she like says something and we don't know what it is? And that's how the movie ends. Uh, I can't remember the fucking movie. We don't back check here. There's it's like so the
1: Bill Murray movies.
2: Yeah, but it, it won an, uh, the Oscar for like Best Picture. I'll look it up later. Yeah,
1: Anyhow. I think I know what you're talking about. I don't remember yeah. the name of it, but yeah.
2: So Daniels ignores Marvez, says something mm. to Kazarian, hugs him,
1: leaves, gives him the old handshake, like the whole like meet you down the road.
2: Oh, this was good. This was good. And then Frankie Kazarian. Goes down this Liam Neeson taken storyline and just says, like, you motherfuckers, the elite, I'm taking you out one by one. And that is the gospel, according to Frankie Kazarian.
1: Yeah, he said, he said, like, he said things like, he was like, I consider each one of you responsible. He was like, Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm not going to rest till I find each of you. And and you're going to know hurt you're gonna know suffering you're gonna know what it feels like he said i will get my recompense (laughs) i (laughs) think like like, hell or high water yeah dude he was again off of that one promo of that raw emotion that he was able to tap into i am now more interested in a frankie kazarian storyline than i have ever been and probably ever will be
2: oh it's yeah if we can go down that like mercenary storyline with him
1: if that's how the I, I, elite gets weakened to where like somebody gets to take them out and finally take the title back because one by one Kazarian had like oh, sting them
2: from the damn right. from the shadows but he can't but he can like that's that's how the story ends is the elite are too much for Kazarian and that he, he tried he died trying yes like that's how he has to end this story arc but what I don't want from Frankie Gazarian is to see him on dark next week. I think we need to position him, not like Dexter Loomis where he's the boogeyman and he'll just take like Austin theory, like how Dexter Loomis took Austin theory and just like, you know, like, ah, I captured you. Not like that. I'm not saying that way, but I'm saying backstage segments. You know, we're all celebrating our, you know, retaining of the tag team championships that Carl Anderson's missing. What happened to Carl Anderson? No one fucking knows. We saw Frankie Kazarian for a moment. Strung up in the boiler room. Yeah, we saw Frankie Kazarian for a moment, and now we don't see Carl Anderson. Saw a
1: hooded figure.
2: Yeah, that's where we get this, like I'm taking you all out, and then then it's you can build up on this. A hooded figure
1: with a spray tan. Yeah,
2: exactly. No, yeah, it was, it was uh, Kazarian. I'm interested in this. Let's let's go. Oh, or it's wait. Trump at so, a KKK
1: rally. Heyo, all right. Heyo, <laughs> all right.
2: Hey, as you mentioned, uh, before we get into our commercial break, Sammy Guevara comes out and says nothing, shows the flashcards about the Pinnacle and Stadium Stampede 2. So. That happened.
1: That wasn't like during the picture-in-picture picture either, right? Like that was like
2: – Yeah, that's his thing. You I know, know he did like, the whole cards. I don't you know. You already had your promo time? Uh, yeah. It, it felt It felt like, hey – Kazarian maybe went short because he got lost in the emotions. We need to fill 25 seconds. I got cards. You know, well, and right, that's right, right.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> so uh, I think maybe that's it. Could have been. But after the commercial break, we get another banger of a promo from Miro. Oh, Miro makes Miro's his entrance. Great. And uh, I love this. Both of these he- guys. Yeah, but <laughs> – i i audibly laughed out loud lol when he said i want to thank jesus christ for giving him strength and then i want to thank jesus christ for allowing me to beat the shit out of all these people obviously he didn't say that i'm paraphrasing but i just love that he's like thank you jesus for blessing me and thank you jesus for giving me this terror yeah it was so great Yes. Uh oh, um, I love that
1: yeah, he's talking to Smack and then out comes Jake and, and Lance Archer. And Lance Archer's promo probably one of the best I've seen out of him, if not ever. I mean, he leans into it and he's like he's like even when you were trying to have a date of your own somewhere, the little dig at the Rusev day. Mm-hmm. Um and then I like uh Miro right back with his comebacks, right? Where he was like he was like, You got this old man to to hold you back and he's like yeah, do you do hold him back and then i love when he was like you're right everybody dies but i insist it's you first god that was great
2: god that was great <laughs> that was great that is a great mm-hmm. line yeah i love it and then yeah the jake the snake if you get involved there won't be enough yoga to save yes, your ass or god. however he said that thought <laughs> that was great that Pop yeah. jake too he was rolling <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah you did not expect that bit. one that was good uh yeah, I cannot wait. Like I said, they they teased this as soon as Miro won the TNT Championship over Darby Allin, and I got excited then. They did this amazing segment with both guys cutting, you know, top-tier promos, and so I am just thrilled to see the Murderhawk monster versus the best man at Double or Nothing. I cannot – oh, it could be the match I'm most excited for, to be honest. I think the – I think the uh, – the stadium stampede is going to be the most fun, but maybe match of the night is going to be Miro and, and uh, Lance Archer here. Uh, I
1: want to give a shout-out uh, to anybody watching us live. And by anybody, I mean Jeremy Smith. He's the only hey. one, as he chimed in on, on on the chat right here, and he says, I am your only viewer. You're welcome, and thanks. You know, we figured we might have at least got to two, um, and maybe we'll get there. But we're new to this live thing. We don't even know how to promote it very well. So tell yeah. us how we're doing chime in
2: you know what i mean yeah Give some suggestions um, suggestions help uh consistency help mm-hmm. uh tim wanted to go at a certain time and i said i can't <laughs> so we can't promote that yeah. so but we have ba-da, lives ba-da, and ba-da. Shit. but yeah. we are live
1: in these lives we are live we're pal we're live yeah, pal no,
2: no editing here so mm-hmm. let's get back to dynamite we get the aew world tag team championship match the young bucks taking on the varsity blondes And if you follow us on Twitter at table show while I live tweet uh, during AEW dynamite, the commentator said, well, what is on Nick Jackson's head? And I said, whatever the fuck it is, it's meant to hide the receding hairline because that's all he's wearing these fucking fun hats for. So suck it young bucks. I don't care what the fuck you're wearing. I know why you're doing it. Anyhow, young bucks, varsity blondes in our main event. Tim, what'd you think?
1: Uh, oh, forgive me, I'm over here on the chat now. Look, I can't even focus because I'm chatting oh with our fan, oh parentheses S. Uh, he said, you know, you had to at one point, but that person is a quitter, so, you know.
2: No, it happens. Uh, you Maybe. know
1: what I mean? Um, but the the Varsity Blondes, I, I like. That's where we're at, right?
2: Yes, we're Varsity, varsity blondes, blondes. Young
1: Bucks. Check my notes. I mentioned yep, how- varsity Blondes. Um, yeah, no, Varsity Blondes, I, I, I like this. I like the promo earlier, and and I like this here. I like that they've got a cheerleader now yeah she's cool yeah.
2: something i don't really know anything about her just, but it
1: adds to it this is where again we need a little more story now we got some backstory with these guys right that you know i mean they knew the young bucks at one point but you know like okay i know you guys aren't in high school so i mm-hmm. gotta have a reason to want to know why you're dressing up like you are and you know what i mean like there's there's got to be some sort of connection to why these guys are here and why they dress like that and something like that so uh, i i'm looking for a little more still but i like the spotlight they got
2: yeah i i do too uh i like that we're building out we got some matching jackets here we got some some move sets that make us more of a team i still like to your point we're not in high school so i need a little bit more of what we're doing but a cheerleader helps, gives that a uh, gives that a uh, spirit squad vibe. If we ever want to turn them yes. heal,
1: well, th- I think they need to go heal be- for that reason, right? Because we know you're not in high school, but everybody hates the people who live off their high school glory. And if you got a cheerleader who's giving people the little house your father?" or the Kansas City cunt punt once in a while to try
2: to help you out, you know, I'm down for that.
1: I'd
0: rather yeah. have
2: that. So, so, what do you think though? On the opposite, end? we've talked about the varsity blondes. Now, let's go over to the young bucks. They're doing their same shtick, you know the the silly wearing the ten thousand dollar Jordans. Apparently, um, what, what what do you think about what they're doing?
1: I like I like this here, you know. Again, when they're coming out and they're being what they're leaning into, what everybody says they are, then they do that very well, right? They are heels that I want to boo. I don't like think they're the cool heels that I kind of like. Like I don't like them. I can tell they're hiding their receding Mm hairlines, and they don't look tough when they're acting like they're going to kick everybody's ass, so that makes you really dislike somebody, right? When you see a scrawny little bastard who's like, oh, kick your ass, you're like, bro, no, you will not, right? So I I think all that fits well. I I had no complaints in that regard.
2: Yeah, I just don't know if I would have put this match in the main event. I don't know – you know, the, the fan that watches AEW isn't the wide-eyed, what is this, pro wrestling? Right now, in the point that AEW's in, they're, they're still the the smarks, right? The, the IWC is watching the AEW product. So I don't know if I would have put this match in the main event because we kind of knew that the Young Bucks were going to retain. So there wasn't really a lot of suspense, high stakes as the blood guts match or any, you know, past title match with Darby Allen and Miro. So I don't know if I would have put this in that spot for that reason, but it was still a fun segment
1: back out to the live chat. Jeremy Smith said, uh, they, they both played college football, but they don't mention that on the broadcast and they should, and they absolutely shouldn't. I think they should turn heel and go out Bundy with it. Like remember I scored four touchdowns in one game. People are like nobody gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck, dude, you played a fucking division two, like, or whatever. Right, yeah. like, nobody fucking cares. <laughs> it's like when, yeah. When uh, in the Four Horsemen, like thing, I think, and and Lex Luger was like, I'm tough. I grew up in Chicago. And Sting was like, You grew up in the fucking suburbs of Chicago, man. Like, like, shut the fuck up.
2: (laughs) Yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? I can't remember. He didn't say shut the fuck up, but he was like, You grew up in the suburbs, dude. Like, he was
1: like, Come on. He's like, You know that's not true. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I like that. And I like, yeah, the the, the visual of, the varsity blondes is there i just like like jeremy smith said i didn't know that they played uh college football so that needs to be told to me as as a viewer uh but again the the main event was what it was the young bucks obviously we knew we were going to retain so they retained not a lot of high stakes but we get some fun at the very end so uh the young bucks celebrating the victory <laughs> they get jumped yes by oh, John yes. Moxley yes. and Eddie Kingston, uh, and they kick the Young Bucks' ass. And we finally got Eddie Kingston and John Moxley stealing their shoes. Mm-hmm. Love mm, it. And yeah. here's the thing that you learned from this segment Eddie Kingston's done this before. <laughs> Yeah. John Moxley hasn't. Mm, <laughs> there yeah. was a there was a quick process from Eddie, and there was a Kingston long drawn had, out process from yeah, John.
1: Kingston had both shoes and the socks <laughs> in hand before Moxley had one shoe untied.
2: He had yeah. ready. He knew <laughs> the value in the socks even.
1: <laughs> yeah, Kingston's I mean, like, bro, yeah,
2: yeah. come on. I thought this was great. Uh, again, a fun way to end the show. I may have put this in a different spot. Maybe, again, give Sheeta a little bit more fire and put that in the main event. I don't know. But uh, overall, really fun episode from my end. Tim, what did you think?
1: Yeah, I loved the episode. I like the stealing of the shoes. I mean, you can't go wrong on a pro wrestling show if you steal some shoes. I don't know what else.
2: Well, especially from the jackasses who want to keep telling you how cool their fucking shoes are. That's the thing. Like, it made sense from a storyline. It wasn't just like, Why are these guys taking shoes? It's because these fucking douchebags over here, young bucks, keep on putting in my face that they got all these fancy shoes. So you know what? Mm, I'm Robin Hood their bitch. I'm fucking taking their shoes and saying, you know, suck it sideways while I take off. So I like it.
1: Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, And I'm looking for, I, I want them to wear the shoes next week and or... Like during this eventual showdown match, right, I want Mox mm-hmm. and Kingston wearing the shoes, and the young bucks all pissed off because that's something they'll do well, like if they fucking spaz out on Mox and Kingston getting one over on them like the the young bucks will play that role well.
2: I think you mentioned this to me in in a private chat, uh but uh yeah, if they wear the same size shoes and yeah. and can yeah that would be that would be perfect mm. love, I would love it. Yeah. All right, Tim, so that's AEW. Got some big news happening, and obviously Dynamite. Let's flip it to the other end of the spectrum. WWE, what do well, you got for us?
1: I don't know if we hit this in the uh, news necessarily, um, because I think we kind of breezed over it, but uh, we got some releases from the WWE mm. NXT world. Specifically, a racist asshole lost his job. So there's that. We like
2: that. God, what a weirdo. What's his name again? Wurtz? Drake Wurtz. Drake Wurtz. Drake Wurtz. God, sounds like a His name wart. is
1: Drake Wurtz
2: from now on. Yeah, I agree. This guy, from all accounts, up until 2016, Sasha Banks was loving him. Bailey was loving him. Charlotte was loving him. Uh, Bo Dallas was a big fan. All these people. Big E was, you know, Justin Summers, co-signing on some Big things. fan of
1: our show, you know, hosts his own podcast. He liked the
2: guy yeah he told me like this one's a shocker to him and then man that cult hit him fast and he is fucking in the deep end
1: he's deep with cult.
2: just the dumb shit that I just don't get
1: he's deep cult very deep this cult, is sad
2: this is the type of thing honestly let's take the jokes out of it for just a quick second. this is one of the firings that almost concerns me in this regard he can do all the stupid shit and make it a bad work environment for wwe but we know for the most part where he is what's he what he's doing
1: right now that he's not yeah
2: Yeah. now that he's not employed well now where the fuck is he
1: and from some of his comments it sounds like his wife is not necessarily like she's on the deep end as well maybe Uh. and so yeah, some of these things can make these issues worse, and uh, you know you can only hope for the best for folks. But I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like we got to talk about this guy too much longer anymore. You know.
2: Yeah. So some other releases that uh, were a little bit surprising from the NXT side. Uh, Jessamine Duke, mm. one of Ronda Rousey's close friends. Yeah. Uh, roommate of have, Anthony Shark Gutierrez on have the old Horsefighter now. Yeah, so we can't do that Horseman versus Horseman match as of right now. Maybe she gets resigned, I don't know. Um and then uh, uh on top of that, we also got um
1: Alexander uh, Wolf.
2: Alexander Wolf who got kicked out of Imperium. Yeah. Thank you for covering mm-hmm. me on that. Yeah, that happened uh, in NXT
1: where they they worked that one into the storyline. Yep.
2: Yeah, did so so was he released before and they're like, "Hey, just finish up this date?" I mean, that's very coincidental. Well, it may have been
1: like a thing where they, like, you know, maybe they were talking about contract negotiations and maybe said, like, this ain't working, I'm not getting ahead. And maybe he was like, look, oh. I'll do the thing on the way out or something. And, you know, I mean, the, oftentimes, sometimes these things are amicable. So people yeah. are like, look, I'd rather go home. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll show up what and do some a UK kick in events. The dick,
2: though. You know? It would be if they're like hey so we're gonna take you out of imperium but then you're gonna come on this ride and you're gonna end up face walter for the nxt uk championship he's like okay let's do it and the like, yeah yeah never mind psych yeah
1: never mind uh
2: you go with the trump rumored, fan. you get out of here yeah yeah you go with, <laughs> i don't fucking like him yeah <laughs> you gotta go pal <laughs> Fuck him. um another as of right now it's just been uh reported on, not confirmed by WWE, but Velveteen Dream, the biggest name from uh the batch of releases. Velveteen Dream no longer with NXT. What do you think about that? Reportedly. That one's a shocker. Um not necessarily a shocker. I mean I, I feel
1: like they tried a bunch of things and couldn't really do it. Albeit again I think Velveteen Dream is another one that's gonna fall victim of got a character down but we've had no real necessarily storylines right like so the roman reigns thing that's happening that we'll talk about mm-hmm. is anytime the usos can spin off this storyline anybody else in the onaway family 5 years down the road can kind of revisit the head of the table idea there there can be this family dynamics in perpetuity now because we worked this into a saga right like we don't have we're losing this art of like the saga the feud right that carries over with like a happens, then B happens, which gets us to C, which gets us to D. We've lost a lot of that, and I think Dream needs that. Like, we get mm-hmm. with the is. Same reason Bray Wyatt keeps falling victim to this. The character's great. The character is so faceted they could do so many storylines,
2: but we've got none. hmm Yeah. Yeah. And in, in the case of Velveteen Dream, I felt like it was also a star that burnt bright and burnt, burnt out fast because – as quick as he was wearing the tights, says, call me up, Vince, and doing all that fun stuff, now he's getting released. Now, with that being said, the character was there, the storylines were not, but let's not uh, not take into account the reported uh, off-screen allegations, reportedly, that were happening with Velveteen Dream. True that. And I think that also... Had something to do with, all right. Well, Velveteen Dream is getting uh, X Pac heat, as they call mm-hmm. it. Like he's not getting booed because he's doing a good job. He's getting booed because no one actually fucking likes this guy because we think he's a bad person. Right. And so, when you're in that spot and you don't have a storyline, ah. So that's, and that's a tough another spot reason why get. we
1: may not see like I mean, unless you you know maybe down like an impact or something. but I doubt we see him on like an AEW. Uh, oh, I yeah, I don't yeah.
2: know. <sighs> <sighs> You know, I think someone's going to take a chance, right? He, he is. He, he has charisma. He has a look. Someone might say, hey, he's changed, right? He he did something that proved to me I, c- I can bet on this guy because look, Big Cass, when he left WWE, he was nuclear, right? No one wanted to touch him at all. And now here he is an impact because he was able to kind of move past some of those demons in his life. Yeah. Maybe that can happen with Velveteen Dream. I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if it's a fast, hey, someone's taking a chance, right? I'm an upstart promotion. Velveteen Dream's a big name. Come check him out in, you know, Cincinnati or wherever. Spanish non uh, civil Wrestling. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. But him and a guy like, uh, oh, what was that big bastard's name? Um uh, with the big jaw. Yeah, easy for uh, you to say, huh?
1: Easy for you to say.
2: Yeah, we, we, what? Who is that guy? I'm um, Lars Sullivan. There, oh. yeah, Lars Sullivan. Yeah, yeah Lars Sullivan and Velveteen Dream. Tough spots to be in, because I don't think anyone really likes you, pal. Right. And uh, we'll see what happens to you and your future endeavors, Mm -hmm. as they say. But Mm -hmm. NXT, you want to talk about it real quick? Well, let's talk about what we actually had kind of in the WWE world. It was probably the biggest news is
1: there was a pay-per-view that didn't fucking matter.
2: Mmm. Mmm. Tim, uh, full transparency for the listener or viewer. Uh, that's watching or listening right now. We like to do a quick rundown of like, hey, let's let's get on the same page as what we want to talk about, right? So we just hit some uh, bullet points and then we freestyle like a real promo, right? I did not know that we were going to talk about this, but let's fucking talk about this. Fucking zombies! Zombies
1: is the only thing I have to talk about this WrestleMania backlash because again, all the matches happen. What fucking happened, Tom? Nothing happened in the like this. This pay per view was a throwaway. And this was a commercial for Batista straight to
2: Netflix movie. Like, is that really what we did here? And Batista didn't even like the tie-in. <laughs>
1: Batista didn't even fucking like it.
2: Oh, it, this. Okay. When you lose the support of Blue Batista, you've lost all hope. That is true. Nothing has reigned truer than that. So, okay, okay. Uh, let me share my two cents. <laughs>
1: Tom's let me gotta, share my two cents. Tom has to
2: gather his thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Tom's got to calm it, down. His blood doesn't... pressure
1: spiked. He's got to breathe so, a second.
2: Yeah. So, let me just share my two cents, and then, Tim, I will <laughs> give you the floor. But but here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, okay? Here's the thing. Zombies in pro wrestling are not a horrible thing to have. We have an undead wizard that we call one of the greatest of all time in Undertaker. We have a you know demon red demon and kane that's in the hall of fame these things can exist in pro wrestling i am not against any of the fun weird shit in pro wrestling the firefly funhouse for example was an yep. amazing experience yeah. two wrestlemanias ago right fiend is nearly a
1: zombie right like i mean I...
2: right yeah he's doing he, he was burned alive and Magical then just transformed powers. right before the warden right. yeah so Here's why it fucking sucks. Yeah, he sucked. can
1: put burns on somebody's face that only last a day.
2: Right? Right. Theme. Awesome. Theme. Yeah. But zombies. <laughs> let's, okay. This is why it didn't make any fucking sense. Now, Tim, I talked to you a little bit about this um, messaging each other. But here's where, here's my point of view. So let's jump over to AEW real quick. AEW had a movie tie in promotion. And it was Godzilla versus King Kong, the movie. So what but they, they said did, it. yeah. Well, what they did, though, is they took their dinosaur guy, kind of like a lizard, but their dinosaur guy. And then some fucking guys that think bears and said, isn't this fun? Because it's a match where we're also promoting a lizard and a monkey, right? So, like, it kind of has the same synergy, right? That's all the same kind of world. Now, let's jump back over to WB. Again, zombies are fine. Not against zombies. But Damien Priest and The Miz have been beefing over Bad Bunny. Who is left? And that's fine. Bad Bunny's left. But nowhere in this exhausted, tired out storyline were fucking zombies ever mentioned. Yeah, that's... So uh, you can't just throw the curveball of now zombies are in the storyline because it makes no fucking sense.
1: We had nothing about, like, Batista showing up being like, I want a spot. And they go, you said you're retired, can't have a spot. He's like, you give me a spot. Or I'm bringing some friends that I met in Hollywood. And they go, the fuck does that mean? We, You know, what are you going to bring, The Rock?
2: Like, fuck, get out of here. Mm -hmm. And then he brings the zombies because that's his Netflix movie. Right? Or or if The Fiend was still involved with doing week-to-week storytelling and the zombies somehow bumped up against The Fiend, okay, it's the same synergy. You know what I'm saying? It's the same weird kind of left-field shit. But when a very generic celebrity storyline is Damien Priest and Bad Bunny, which Bad Bunny took off, versus John Morrison and The Miz, nowhere in there is fucking zombies man that's so goddamn insulting as a viewer
1: <laughs> shout out to ryan king on the 20 uh, on the uh, live chat he says uh zombies <laughs> just it's fucking I don't dumb get i don't get it and, and that's it like like you say we could if we built a story i could write you a storyline tom i know you could you're really good at coming up with storylines on the fly we could have storylines where, over a couple months, it involves storylines. But, like, what the fuck happened here? And is The Miz going to become a zombie?
2: Like, did they eat The Miz? What the fuck happened here? And if we ate The Miz, why is no one not concerned?
1: Yeah. Why is why is John Morrison the only guy who's kind of like, hey man, I used friend. to like The Miz and you <laughs> ate him, goddammit. Like, yeah. why is that his only fucking...
2: Well yeah, I give we it like
1: nobody likes the Miz in the in the behind, but, but nobody's still. even popping a
2: bottle about
1: it. Like nobody's <laughs> even right. talking about it.
2: Our truth isn't be like, yeah, hey, fuck that guy. I love that Miz is dead now. Like no one Yeah, where's Daniel Bryan with the fucking
1: yes yeah. chance that he's like that would if while the zombies were eating the Miz, if Daniel Bryan would have came out and let a yes <laughs> chance
2: <laughs> that would have been the best thing ever. All yeah, right. It just but again, yeah. My two cents is zombies are fine it made no sense to throw a left field thing for just shits and giggles into this thing.
1: It was weird. It was left. Th- and then it just, I mean, like I get, we were extending this Damien priest storyline too long anyway, but that doesn't mean you like kill it. You don't like embarrass it in front of everybody. That was a weird yeah. choice. And no why does not he Like, like he's afraid of the zombies enough to like stay away from them. But yet after he wins, he doesn't like run to get away. He just like stands at the top of the stage. And he's like, Hey, I guess I'm done with that. Have fun with the zombies. Like what
2: in the fuck? Yeah, and then it's just zombies. Uh, and then, Dude. And then the zombies will eat you. <laughs> yeah. The zombies will eat you outside of the ring. But they will adhere to a lumberjack match and not go into the fucking ring.
1: But didn't they go in the ring to eat them? Isn't that where they yeah. ate them? After the match. So the match is over, and then they. So only they, after the, they're like festus zombies. After the bell, the ring is no longer a fortress of impenetrable, yeah, you know, uh,
2: Festus Zombies. God. God bless America. That was so <laughs> fucking maddening. Shout out to uh, Dave LaGreca on Busted Open Radio. He had a rant for the ages. Oh, I'll have to check that uh, out. This shit. His oh, last rant God. I
1: heard was great. That one on, oh, on the Bria Ripley Charlotte thing out oh, there, whatever that you was. You hear oh, the about the Zombies
2: one. Yeah. Yeah. That had that had the makings of a of a depressed T Mac in a single state. You know what I mean? That was he was going to stomp a Christmas
1: tree out. Yeah, to stomp that
2: that Christmas tree kind of anger. Oh, good job! All right,
1: well, we're not going to top the zombies, and again, backlash was really.
2: Hey, there was good matches. I'm not saying there wasn't good matches. The triple threat with uh, Lashley, Strowman, and McIntyre fun spots good just, good moments
1: but again like we had decent matches but none of these were classic nobody's going to be like man i can't wait to rewatch backlash 2021 and catch the whatever match so the only thing people will ever remember when you remind them of this is the fucking zombie so it's
2: yeah this i said it on my personal twitter this was robocop wcw bad Where you don't remember anything about that fucking match except for RoboCop comes out of a damn, uh, shark tank and walks up and beats up the Horseman or whoever the fuck it was.
1: Yeah. We're calling this episode zombies.
2: God, Jesus. So then, uh, raw, uh, well, it's the SmackDown,
1: uh, the, uh, well, so this happened what slightly before then, I guess, mm-hmm. the backlash, mm-hmm. right? But the mm-hmm. Uso Saga was continuing. Uh I like how he was like, "Oh, you think I, you can do what I can or you can do what I can do?" He said to Uso 2. What is it? Mm-hmm. Jimmy? Yeah. Jim. And he, and he's like, "Go do it then. Go beat him." And he's like, "Well,
2: yeah. Yeah, I'll go beat him."
1: And he didn't beat him.
2: Well, where did where where's the payoff here? If if you were guessing, right? Let's just be fans of a of a tv show here for a second not trying to fantasy book do you but do you think they are going to have him just fall in line i don't think or... so i think they
1: may give him the kind of the jay uso rub that they did to get him his little singles up there as well right have him go in and battle a bunch of these top name right he may face seth rollins and he may face whatever kind of show like he can mm-hmm. do it too and yeah. then it just really elevates the Usos, and then I think he will fall in line. But I think eventually we'll get this blowdown. But this is what I'm talking about too. With the story, you can go so many different directions. The Usos could split, and they could come back together later, or the, and they could just be this giant pecking order forever. Like there's so many things. We still have Damn. Tamina, tag team champion Tamina, who could be somehow.
2: Yeah, that would be fun. You know I mean? They need some females. Look, why why are only the men the evil person or evil? Or simones? well,
1: or who's the or it's not Tamina. It's um. Yeah, Nia Jax way. is in the family. So it's Tamina, well, right? Well, she's Snuka, right? Is that in the same family? I believe so. All right. Yeah, I don't know. We don't fact I'm check. I'm guessing here. But Nia Jackson is as well. Yeah, yeah, we don't
2: fact check. Fuck that. Facts are stupid. Uh, just look at the presidential race. Anyhow, um, here's where they're going to go, Tim. Mm. Figured it out. Guess who's the new tag team champions? We saw that at WrestleMania's Backlash. Mm. We got new SmackDown tag team champions. Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio, the first ever father-son duo. Well, you know they got to lose to some other fucking family members. They're gonna lose to the brothers, the Heels, the Usos. That's where we're going.
1: I would like if they had the tag team titles while they're still having this little, you know, this little blow of words and stuff, and Jimmy Uso not wanting to just like fall in line with and praise. Cousin, you know, Roman. Like, he's like, mm-hmm. no, nah, man, look, we're the tag champs. Like, we don't need this guy, right? I, I, I wouldn't mind that with the titles, but I don't think it's going to happen because they're going to let Ray and Dominic do their thing for a little while, I imagine.
2: So that's, but that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I think we're going to have Ray and Dominic beat up on Otis and Chad Gable and then beat up on Ziggler and Rude. We're going to do all that stuff. And over here, we're going to have Jimmy and Jay fighting, fighting, fighting amongst each other. And then Jimmy is going to fall in line. And then we're going to get the Samoan dynasty. And then they're going to say, we're going after everyone. And we're starting with the little guy. Fuck you and your son. And then they go after him. And I, that's where you could even have them be the mercenaries that take out Dominic and Ray, and you could stack them up, and then that's where Roman would just stand over them and like put his foot on them and just raise the championship I'll belt. Talk about
1: how he did but, to a family. Yeah, like I yeah. them. Yeah. I, what does he
2: say? Smash them, stack them, and pin them or something like that? Yeah, yeah. something like that. And that that would be fun. Yeah. I would like that. So that's where I think we're going. But very interesting. SmackDown, uh, the, the the Roman story is saving SmackDown. They got some other fun things there, but that is the story of WWE. Is Shinsuke, the new king of WWE. Oh well, are we doing a King of the Ring though? Is that what we're doing? Oh, uh, will that
1: lead to a King of the Ring? I kinda is like it? that. I I just I just want Shinsuke to just have it. I wouldn't mind if I they like the don't like put that thing on the line and have people wrestle for it and like King Shinsuke. We, we wanted the, the United States of Nakamura, and they never yes. really went with it. Oh, God. But I if we had that. the
2: kingdom of Nakamura, uh-huh. right? Shinsuke yes. Nakamura. Oh, the merch? Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. Well, 10. and he'll
1: play a king role like crazy, right? He can have loyal subjects running around. Oh, that's great. oh.
2: And, and if you go back to you know his king of the strong style, which he came into uh, WWE as, is the king of strong style. You could mm-hmm. play on that, but I I think again we're we're recording this on a Thursday night for people listening later, so we haven't seen SmackDown, which will happen tomorrow night. But my gut is Nakamura has a match with Baron Corbin, right? And then at the end, both guys kind of fall to the side and you know are done. And then another mid card talent. Let's just say, for the sake of this story, it's Otis, right? Mm-hmm. Otis comes out, does his little worm on both of them, and then he grabs the thing and he puts it on his head. And he's like, I'm the king this week. And then we're going to get like, we have 10 kings here. We got to figure out who it is, who is the king of the Yeah, we're going to have ring. six
1: fucks running around as a king yeah, all with of crowns a sudden. And and stuff, everybody's going to be stuff. fighting over it. We're going to get that five person in ring promo. Yeah. Lather, and rinse, repeat.
2: Yep, there it is. Repeat.
1: Uh speaking of, Kofi got two matches on Raw. He faced Randy Orton and Bobby Lashley.
2: And he won both.
1: Yeah. Interesting. You think they're going on another like let's let's try to recreate Kofi Mania?
2: I would love it. I definitely would love it.
1: Could be a better story than anything think, else they're really putting out there I think on Raw. I mean.
2: Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I think the win over Randy Orton was just a further RK Bro. I think they're just going to be like, blah, 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 And it has nothing to do yeah, with the New Day. Exactly, right. I think Kofi is going to fill the spot of Braun Strowman because, breaking kayfabe here for a second, reading the dirt sheets, apparently Braun Strowman got pretty hurt at mm. uh, WrestleMania's Backlash. So they need a third person to fill that got spot. That's backlashed. Yeah, and so who better than Kofi, right? Kofi can fill any spot you need on the, on WWE. So now he's doing this. Yeah, yeah. And I think New Day is going to move into a more – we're going after the title because we beat Lashley. Xavier Woods, MVP going against each other in promos. I think we got all the fun there. I
1: know what I know it. we'll put this over the top. What this storyline needs, though. A trombone. Zombies.
2: A oh, fucking zombies. It needs zombies,
1: Tom. Think about it. If we put zombies into this storyline, it'll be Tim. Yeah. Tim. Yeah.
2: You're you're a very intelligent person. One of the so. smartest people Thanks. I've ever met, legitimately, that. in my life. Thanks. There are some times when you give me a point of view that I've never even considered, and it makes me a better person. Oh, nice. That's amazing. That is the sense. dumbest fucking thing you've ever <laughs> said. I hate every word you said there. <laughs> oh, I hate that. Zombies? Yeah.
1: Hey, yeah. Ryan King agrees. He's back on with the zombies with more <laughs> exclamation points now. So, like, I mean, I think I think we're on to something here, right? I, listen, I like listen, you said I'm one of the smartest guys you know. Maybe you ought to take a chance and look I into some zombies.
2: That. I hate that. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, what's not going to top zombies, as much as it may try, is that over on the NXT side of things, not only did Wolf get uh, outperiumed, uh we got bronson reed winning the nxt north american championship in a steel cage Sands zombies yeah thick boy i I want them to keep yeah they need to They
2: colossal it's not cool he's not colossally short but he's thick boy thick boy thick Thick boy boy fits i Mm -hmm. like thick boy uh this is a guy that we've kind of been paying attention to mm-hmm. for a couple months now. You know, he had that opportunity, uh, I believe, in that tournament where he won the qualifying match for the ladder match to become North American champion, I think, at the time. Or maybe it was even the NXT championship. I don't really remember. Yeah. Again, we don't, fact, yeah, we don't check. fact check. Yeah. But now, here's the payoff. Johnny Gargano drops the title again to another uh hopeful standout in nxt's roster we did it with leon ruff that lasted for a hot second now we're doing it with bronson reed johnny gargano is trying to get everyone over on the roster so credit to him but i think with bronson reed uh we we got some meat on the bone as they say i think we can do some fun things again he is a thick boy so he's not going to be a pushover like leon ruff was and so this is where I think we're gonna do some fun. He might be a long term champion. I don't think he's a transitional champion like Leon Ruff was just to get a pop rating. I think this is a hey, this is a this is a capital G guy in NXT. Now, with that being said, Johnny Gargano lost again the North American Championship. The way is losing their way. Although we got them as the the the, the women are still the tag team champs, right? Yeah. So they are, but I, do?
1: I think Johnny. Well, they have already hinted at this. Like, Carrion Cross has got his eyes set, you know, on on Johnny for you know things he's done. So I think we may get this. Like Johnny unsuccessfully goes for the world title, which would be fine. I mean, Johnny Gargano looks like he's the guy there to kind of help get everybody on stable grounds, and maybe maybe we don't see him get called up. Maybe he's that guy that's you know what I mean, just the regular. And that's down fine. There. Yeah,
2: I, and look, I think now we're at a point in nxt's evolution where they're not a place where you get promoted they're also on usa just like monday night raw they're also uh you know have talents like ben they Ballard, also get a spot
1: on this podcast i mean that's yeah, pretty
2: exactly. yeah that's, that's pretty huge pretty high praise. so let's take a quick second hey, before hey look we... we got
1: three people watching this stream right now love it so thank you you're welcome thank you. you're welcome, yeah. NXT.
2: Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, and thank you to the three people as well. Right. But let's take a quick second before we wrap up on NXT. I want to get your thoughts on Carrying Cross. Mm. So he's back. He's back. Beats Finn Balor for black. the championship. Right. Yep. Give me your thoughts. What are 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 you Team Carrying Cross? Are you picking,
1: You know stories like patient. Like just having him show up and somebody says you and me doesn't feed into a character. Of a dark guy hiding in the shadows with a crow and a, and a you know what I mean? A vampire-like mm-hmm. wife. You know what I mean? We need more stories in that regard, which we're not getting here, right? Like, Velveteen Dream and this guy would have been great.
2: Yeah, you know, I think, but... oh, that, is, that would be. the Especially if you get the Velveteen Dream that, like, mm-hmm. touches on sexuality right. kind of stuff with both of them. Yes. Ooh, that would have been fun.
1: And then, I mean, there's there's not a single zombie to be found anywhere, so this is just shit. God damn it, Tim. There's <laughs> just shit, there's no zombies. Everybody knows you sprinkled in some zombies. A
2: little zombie sauce. Ooh, zombie sauce. It's a good episode title. <laughs> God damn it, Tim. Sometimes you make me so you make me so mad.
1: You want to go back in time and not do this episode this week? You want to skip over? Well, no. I just
2: want to. I just want to stop at AEW. Yeah, that's why
1: we're live, pal. <laughs> you can't stop exactly. me now.
2: <laughs> so, what I think about carrying cross is a lot of how I felt about Nakamura when he was in NXT, where there's a lot of bells and whistles and nakamura had a little bit more of a just cool superstar right and carrying cross like to your point is doing a little bit of like is his wife a vampire i don't fucking know right that kind of stuff but i think he's a victim of the bells and whistles and what i mean by that is that entrance is fucking cool i love that entrance it makes me want to watch it but I don't know if I'm gonna feel that way in six months. And if we're doing that in six months, it kind of feels like old hat it kind of feels like the crowd singing Judas <laughs> over in AEW, you know? Uh not 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 that I don't like it, but I kind of seen it too many times. So he needs he needs a story now. Now we need to, and maybe this is where we get it with the way, because Johnny Gargano again is trying to get every single person over, it feels like, in NXT. And they have a good story. They got something good there with the way. I'm hoping that this is where we turn the quarter with Karrion Cross because everyone's high on him, right? Booker T said he's a main event guy, I think it was. Um, you know, we got people I praising got him, chops. obviously. I just, yeah, obviously he's a champion, but. You, just
1: you, needs that zombie and then he'll be over the top. God. So that was the WWE NXT world of things or the universe, if you will. And something we like to do. Uh, is ask the fans we, you know a new thing that we've stumbled upon here is live chat with us while we're mm-hmm. streaming on the youtube and we'll interact with you there but throughout the week you can use on twitter hashtag tweet the table and normally i queue up some graphics i show some faces i show some tweets and i forgot because you know i was so it enthralled happens. with the zombies that i had to watch it seven times <laughs> do you know what i mean priorities so i'm just gonna say it i'm just gonna do it like old times fuck it we'll do it live fuck it we'll do it live at Devil Vamp says, I know there was a lot of hate for backlash. Hashtag WrestleMania backlash. But God damn, can we talk about that opening women's triple threat match? Off the chain. Hashtag tweet the table. And you alluded to this. I mean, the wrestling there was solid.
2: Yeah. Charlotte looked like Cruella DeVille. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhea Ripley did her I'm bigger than you kind of moveset. Asuka is fucking Asuka. Right? She's going to be who she is. It was fine. The story leading into it sucked. Ass story out of it sucks ass, but the WWE roster will always bail out this shitty fucking writing, and that's where we just we gotta hold some well, them to a higher bar, I think.
1: Uh and and as our next tweet table, and the only you know only one we've got time for here is from at Theo 70, is it five? 75? Theo 75 says, I was not aware there was a hashtag WrestleMania backlash pay-per-view today. Hashtag tweet the table. Hashtag cornet face. And, uh, I mean, you're right. Like, they didn't even, like, I mean, they just talked about, you know what I mean? It didn't even feel like a big deal again. Like, it just was like WrestleMania backlash. It's all the same kind of matches. And here we go. So, if you weren't really paying much attention,
2: like, I forgot it was over the weekend. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. We forgot so much so that we like to do picks because it just fills time,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: you know? And yeah. we didn't do radio. it because we forgot it. Yeah. yeah. That's how bad WrestleMania is We usually is use
1: clashes. the pay-per-views for that because it helps us hit the review of the storylines, right? Here's the storylines mm-hmm. that matter. You're going to the pay-per-view. We'll talk about those. That's what happened. Yeah. Forgot all about it. And uh, it's it's like you said. They, knew, they know that, like, the talent will bail them out. And they knew they had the zombies in their side pockets, so, like, they didn't even have to write anything. They had the zombies. I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like Do you like the zombies? No. Okay. Well, then I guess we'll leave it at that. Tom doesn't like me. doesn't like the zombies. He just doesn't like anything. Tom's just a grumpy guy. No zombies, says Tom. No
2: fucking zombies.
0: The Spanish Announce Table.